Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. Lots to talk about today. Uh, You can find us every day from 10 in the morning Eastern until noon, Monday through Friday. Uh, Go to YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. You can find us there. Same thing on Facebook, streaming there. uh, Facebook slash Chatterbox Sports. And and I'm told that we are available in a podcast form. So the audio only, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so Apple, Google, Google. Spotify, all that stuff is way above my pay scale, but I understand that you can get it each and every day and download it. We're doing really, really well on these downloads. We appreciate everybody being with us today and uh, lots to talk about. Paul Doherty coming up shortly to talk about the Bengals. Huge game this weekend. Tracy Jones in a matter of moments. We're going to begin our uh, picks for the weekend since we always pick teams involving uh, AFC North teams. And, of course, the Cleveland Browns tonight hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. A pair of one-and-one teams there getting together. We'll talk more about that. What's going on with Lyle Collins? He didn't practice yesterday. uh, Was hurt the whole preseason. Don't know what's going on with him, but he didn't practice yesterday. So more on that later. But without further ado, because he's a really busy guy, between his uh, enormously financial uh, planning and uh, his business there, uh, landlord to hundreds of thousands across the tri-state area. Uh, But we're privileged to have him on our show a couple of times every week, the great Tracy Jones. Tracy, good morning. You're looking better and better. That broken nose is starting to heal quite nicely. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling better, but can I ask you to do me a favor? Because yes. I, I know you guys pay me well. Can I please get some intro music? I mean, is that too much to ask? Do you want some intro music next time? You want time? some intro yes, music next time? Yes, I do. Uh, are we allowed to run music? I mean, sometimes you have to pay for that. Yeah. Stuff. We've, we've Tracy's got, got money in case we get fined. He can just throw us a bone there. Yeah, we've got some we you, got a, some free music library that we can use. Okay, I mean, you, okay what you kind of music it. you want, Tracy? Heavy metal? Well, you want some jazz? You want, what, what do you want? You know, I'm looking for maybe some Cinderella, um, some <laughs> Don Dawkin, Into the Fire, something like that. Maybe some Loverboy, something in the 80s. Loverboy. I mean, the 80s. Lover boy. I could uh, see you back in the day um, when when Lover Boy, everybody's working for the weekend, if I remember that correct, right? Because I have my 40th high school reunion this weekend, Tracy. My 40th. And I can promise you Lover Boy will be featured prominently in the music selection uh, over the next couple of days, were you running around with a headband on and all that stuff back in those days like oh, no. Loverboy was? No, but I did have my members-only jacket and my parachute <laughs> pants. And I got to tell you this, Tom. Uh, I took my wife to Loverboy, a concert, right? And she saw that. There was no- nothing better than after-concert sex. I mean, she was in the mood. Oh if God. you ever want to get the get your wife or girlfriend the mood take her to one of those bands in the 80s but just like that 
Why do you think that is? What What is it about 80s? So you're saying like if you went to Pat Benatar or if you went oh, to. Oh, I love Pat Benatar. Well, of course you do. Love him. Right. Yeah. But 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 it, just those 80s bands, right? I mean, you're talking about across the board 80s bands or specifically Loverboy? Because there's no, a lot of our audience that might be jumping on to what you're talking about right now. Well, Loverboy is, is a group that I like, but there's a lot. I love Foreigner. Have you ever seen Foreigner in concert? Very I have. good. I have. They're really good. Uh, they had a lot of great songs. Yes, they did. But I, I, I've been to a lot of concerts. I grew up right next to the Fabulous Forum. Remember the Fabulous Forum? Of course. Forum? And of all course. my buddies would work the door, and they would call me up and say, hey, listen, you want to, you know, we got seats, and they would stake me in. And I've seen, I've seen Pat Benatar. I've seen Metallic. I've seen ACDC probably five times. I've seen the Jackson Five. Uh, I've seen the Osmond Brothers. So I go way. Petula Clark was my first concert I ever saw. <laughs> I saw I saw Petula Clark at Caesars when when you used to get a dinner. I got a chicken dinner with my parents. My parents took me Petula Clark and the Osmond Brothers was my first concert. The Osmond brothers now, that, you know, they weren't the Jackson 5, but they were a big league man. Very talented. I love Donnie, and I especially love Marie. I knew Marie that. is a... Why did I know that? About a, talking about a clean hiney, that's Marie Osmond. You're becoming very predictable nice. now. You're becoming very predictable now. I knew that Marie was coming. <laughs> Hey, listen, All right, this is allegedly I, uh, a sports talk show. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know anymore. Uh, I really don't. It's the Tracy Jones dating advice show. Marital advice. Marital show. advice. Marital well, advice. or divorce advice, either one. Yeah, I, I'm about to go on my third, uh, second divorce. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys an update. Things are not going well. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. I think no concerts. My wife, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my wife comparing me to you. I, I don't know what it is, but we'll work it out. She's a nice girl. I, I love Danae. Been together for a long time. Knew her when she was 18 years old. That's a long time, Tommy. How much older are you than her? Uh, nine or ten years. Not a yeah. big difference. Yeah, that's it's my not wife. Not as bad my, as your dad's. My wife, no, <laughs> no. My dad's married to Amanda, who's younger than me. <laughs> oh God! You better watch my, what my, you say. My, my stepmom is younger than me. Let's let's move on. Move it along. Yeah, let's move it along. Lord. <laughs> All right, I want to talk about Aaron Judge. Uh, because, and we're going to talk more about this too later uh, with, with Paul Doherty. Um, we both love baseball. You played in the major leagues for a long time, successful major league career. You followed the game uh, ever since you left the game. I had a chance to broadcast baseball for 32 years. Love the game. Um, yeah. I, now I kind of fall in and out of love with the game. Um, Aaron Judge sitting on 60. The Yankees scored 14 last night. He did not hit a home run. They play the Boston Red Sox tonight at Yankee Stadium. And Fox has decided they're going to pick up that game and put it on national television uh, Good in choice. case he ties Roger Maris, uh, American League, uh, mm -hmm. single-season home run record at 61. Um, are, are you paying attention to this? I mean, really now, have you been paying attention to this? No, you know what? I actually am paying attention to it. Aaron Judge, to me, is the most exciting athlete going. I mean, football, basketball, baseball. Have you watched him hit? He's going to win the Triple Crown, Tom. 
He's got a chance. I mean, he is having he is having a fabulous year. And here's what's funny about this. I actually do a little homework, a lot of goofing around. You know that. But he's 20 home runs ahead of Kyle Schwarber, the second in home runs in baseball. I mean, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? It almost goes back to when Babe hit 60 and the closest to Babe, and I, I forget the numbers, like 18. Yeah. I mean, he is so far and above with no PEDs. I mean, and he's just launching left and right. He's really quite a player. I think he's won four or five games with home runs. He's, you know, he's Tracy, we talked with my dad about this yesterday, and, and, and obviously based on what you just said about being the most exciting athlete in sports. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I'm assuming that if you had an MVP vote, Okay, and let's assume for a second he won okay. the Triple Crown. It's going to be a, yeah. He's got some work to do in the batting average area, but in home runs and RBIs, he's a runaway winner. But do you think he's more deserving of the MVP than Shohei Otani? Yes, because Otani plays for a team that's in, what, second to last place. With me, if you get MVP, your team's got to be up there. they got to be either – they've got to make a playoff spot. And Otani – as good as he is, Tom, he's a special, special player. He's not Aaron Judge. I mean, he's um, he's good, but he's not Aaron Judge. I got a, a quick story about Aaron Judge, which is pretty good, Tom. Can I tell it? Of course. That's why you're time? here. That's why you're oh, here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I lost track of time. Uh, you're the one that has an appointment today. I, I, You know, you're the one that tells me uh, when we're texting a couple of nights, oh, you got to have me on at 10 o'clock. I can't be late for your dad. Got a big day today. Well, I can't be. You want my ass chewed? If I'm late one minute, he'll chew my ass. So I have you, Brenneman Jr., then I go see Brenneman Sr., and then I'm off to the doctor to talk about my concussion and my broken nose. And just for a heads up, Tom, the concussion thing does bother me. It's my eighth concussion. If I'm at all um, insensitive, vulgar, rude, uh, please correct me on that, okay? I don't want this show to go in the gutter. Just, you know, correct me. Give me a little correction because it'll be because of the concussion. Okay, all right. But you going back to, to my say Aaron, the Aaron Judge story. The Aaron Judge story. I was helping my nephew uh, in Southern California. It was at Nomar Garcia Parra's uh, hitting camp. He's got a hitting camp and a lot of batting cages, so on and so forth. And, and my nephew, pretty good ball player. My brother actually broke a lot of Tony Gwynn's records at San Diego State before Mark Grace. My brother was the first baseman before Gracie, a good friend of yours, right? Yep. So we're sitting there, and I'm helping him. My brother's helping him. And there's this guy, this J.O. next to us in the cage. And he's going like – he's got – Tom, honest to God, he's got like 20 kids. And he's kind of out of shape type guy. And this is how he's teaching the kids. Yeah, uh, yeah, I that's, know. That's all he does, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, should we go over there and help these kids? Because that's not the way you hit, right? Swing down on the ball, think up the middle. He's doing this, and me and my brother are laughing. You know who walks in? Who? Aaron Judge. That's Aaron. The guy who was going like this was Aaron Judge's hitting coach. He's the guy that taught him the launch angle. You got to be and, kidding. And, no, no, it was, it gives me goosebumps because it was so crazy. Actually, this guy had never played ball. He was a physicist and he just said, you know, you got to get the ball up in the air. You, you know, this is how you do it. It's the launch angle. 
And if you watch Aaron Judge, that's what he does. And, and I mean, he's the best home run hitter I've ever seen. I mean, it's really something. Here, this the guy best home run hitter you've ever yes. seen. Yes. Come on, he's not the home run hitter Barry Bonds was. Come on. Barry Bonds had a little help. Well, I'm not Barry saying Bonds. that, but, yeah. but 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 I mean, come on. Okay, Barry legit. Bonds. Well, come okay. on, Tom. Right, that's he's fair. got 60 that's... home runs. you got to shake I, yourself. I, I, believe me, I know he does, and, and, and I understand the whole Sammy McGuire Bonds. Yeah. I get all that. I get all that. But um, Barry Bonds. But you know what? Let, no, no, let, let me go back. And, and you know what? I'm going to give you credit on something. The greatest player I've ever seen play, hitter, all-around hitter, was Barry Bonds. Yeah. How good was he, Tom? He'd well, roll in, play the Reds. He did a home run in that first inning every single time. Well, you know, I, I had a chance to see him. And, again, I, I get the whole uh, PED, yeah. um, um, you know, accusations and all that kind of thing. To my knowledge, none of that has ever been proven true. Well, it, it's kind of funny, you know. We always talk about PED with these, but we never talk about greenie with greenies with some of the other players, right? Back well, in the old, right. old days. Yeah, we don't want to open up a can of worms on this show, do we, Tommy? Well, no, but that, that's a fact, and I think it's out there that's in the open. And everybody, it's a fact. It's no doubt about that's it. A fact. Uh, no doubt about it. But I will tell you, I saw Bonds uh, for the best seven or eight years of his career, at a minimum twenty games a year. Because I was announcing the Arizona Diamondbacks games for the first yep. 10 years of the franchise. Bonds was playing inside the National League West. And I was doing mm -hmm. the Fox Saturday game of the week, which was almost exclusively for our group. It was the West Coast game. And the two best teams in the National League were the Diamondbacks and the Giants. When Schilling and Johnson were pitching for Arizona, nice. Bonds and Kent, they got it going on there. And I tell you, the, the, the best drama I have ever seen, and I've talked about it on this show once or twice, yeah. but the best drama I have ever seen, and you don't see it at all anymore, and, and in this day and age where everybody's afraid of, of offending somebody or hurting somebody's feelings, yeah. you're not going to see it again. But every time the Diamondbacks played the Giants in those days, Kurt Schilling, whether you like him or not, the guy's a Hall Perfect. of Famer. And people Absolutely. ought to be ashamed that they're holding his political opinions against him from putting him in the Hall of Fame. If there's a yep. single greatest pitcher I would take on my team since I've been alive, and I can't speak for the guys going way, way back, but if there's one guy I want pitching Game 7 of the World Series for my team, it is Kurt Schilling. But anyway, every oh. time the, the, the Diamondbacks played the Giants, the press would go to Kurt Schilling, and they would say a day or two before, they'd say, hey, you're facing the Giants. Got to be fired up for that. Division showdown. Schilling would say, just go over there and tell number 24, Barry Bonds, said, go over to 25, said, go over there and tell him that he's getting nothing but fastballs every single pitch and every single at bat. I'm not throwing him splitters. I'm not throwing him change-ups. He's getting the gas on every single pitch. Now, so that's happened? a man's man right there. So where did he put it? How far in the right field stands did Bond? Play? Well, he hit. At, he hit. He hit at, at at. It used to be known as Bank One Ballpark. Now it's Chase Field yeah. in Arizona. He hit the hardest ball I have ever seen hit in my life off Schilling, who threw a. There it was, fastball, and Bonds hits this missile to straightaway center field, and, and this thing just starts to do this, and and yeah. it it hit an area in straightaway center field that. It's almost 
impossible for a ball to be hit from home plate in this area at this particular laser trajectory. And I mean, it hit the back wall in this thing, and I thought the damn building was coming down. He hit it that hard. But that's okay, good you stuff. It's really good stuff, and I love talking about Bonds because he's so, so good. Do you think, um, do you think those guys, Tracy, should be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But Bonds, you know, his personality hurts him, Tom. I mean, yeah. he was a bit of a, a – and like Betty Davis. Not says, a bit. He was a first-class clown. But that's all right. You're nobody until you're difficult. Betty Davis said that. Mark that down. Write that down, Tom. You mentioned a player. <laughs> now, now, I'm not going to stutter on this, so you you better be ready for this. And I think you might I'm writing this down first. You said you're nobody until you're difficult. Yeah, Betty okay. Davis. All right. Thank I you. I kind of live by, I live by that saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm well aware. Okay, so go ahead. you ready you for saying. this? Yes. You ready for this? Yeah. You know who's the greatest hitting second baseman of all time? Jeff Kent. You know what? You, you know, again, uh, a lot of Reds fans are going to go crazy because of Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, you know, he, he was a guy, back-to-back -back MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer, phenomenal all-around player, was a better all-around player than Kent. But as strictly an offensive player, yeah. player as a second baseman I think you might be right yeah because you look at Joe's stat I'm not going to take anything away from Joe I mean even though I had a higher career average than Joe Morgan I'm not saying I was better than Joe Morgan Tom but you look at Joe Morgan I mean he didn't have good years in Oakland didn't have good years in Houston I mean he had those two fabulous years with the Reds but Jeff can't look at the ribeye stakes that he drove in yeah I mean he hit home runs he hit for average, and nobody talks about this guy. And again, another jerk. Oh, boy. I mean, right? gold-plated. I've told the story, <laughs> and I know, I know you got to get going. But when I was doing the Fox Saturday game of the week, and, and as I mentioned earlier, um, we would do a lot of San Francisco Giants games. Mm -hmm. So I would fly up on Friday from Phoenix and you know spend the night Friday night, play at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon the next day, and get on a plane – late that afternoon to fly from San Francisco to Phoenix. And, and, and we had just had our first child. Our daughter Ella was born. And anyway, so this is in 2002 or three, I think it was. So, um, so I had caught wind through a bunch of guys on our camera crew because our director of our Fox games was also the director of the Giants games, all of their mm -hmm. games. And, and, and our entire camera crew that travel with us every single week were all Giants guys. So I had caught wind through a camera guy that Kent is bad-mouthing me all the time for coming in and doing these games for Fox. So I went down before a game, and I said to him, I said, hey, I said, you know, do you and I have some kind of problem here? I'm just here to do my job. Do we have some kind of an issue? And he looks at me, and he says, you know, he says – he said, I don't appreciate the fact that you come in here every Saturday and you root for us to get our asses kicked. Is that I'm true? Like, what? I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, look. He said, you know, you're the Diamondbacks guy. He says, you're coming in here and rooting for us to get our butts kicked every single week. And, and I just think it's BS. He said, it's no different. This, this was the next line out of his mouth. <laughs> He said, it's no different than that big heavy guy that announces our games. And I said, you John talking about Miller? John Miller? 
He says, yeah. yeah, John Miller. He says when he goes off on a Sunday night for ESPN and goes down to do a Diamondbacks game, he's rooting yeah. for you guys to get your butt kicked. He says, so the whole thing's all effed up. And I said to him, I said, Jeff, I said, listen, here's the deal. I said, the only thing that I care about when I come to do these games is that I do the best that I can on the telecast. I said, but mo even more importantly, I said, is that there is a 5.50 p.m. flight out of SFO that takes off direct to Phoenix, Arizona. I said, the only thing I care about is being on that flight to get back with my wife and our newborn daughter. And if you don't bat in the bottom of the ninth inning, that enhances my chances that much more. So I don't give a rat's tail about whether or not you win or lose. Just win or lose quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just Showing listen to that story. Yeah, listen to that story. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't get your ass kicked by a Major League Baseball player right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. You got to watch your mouth. You know what I'm talking about, Tom? Well, it's too late now. I've been banned from the sport. I'm out. <laughs> and so it doesn't make any difference anymore. Back. Yeah, I, I we'll work sure. on it. We'll get you back. Do you have any thoughts before we let you go uh, on the Bengals this weekend? Well, I'm going to say something. You got your you green know. shirt on for the New York Jets colors. That's not good. It's, it's not their color. I'm going to say something that people have probably never heard before. This Bengal game is a must win. <laughs> You ever heard that saying before? <laughs> what brand? I was going to say, I, I say you let Tracy talk. I'm not impor as no, important as him. What were you going to say, Brandon? You, you were jumping in. What? What? I was going to say, if you're going to go back to the big leagues and call games, you and Tracy should be in the booth together. That'd be no great. Doubt. That'd be awesome. How would you feel no, about that, Trace? You and me brought out a chance. What do you think? And then you guys, you guys can do the post-game concerts together afterwards. They have on the field. It'd be perfect for you, yep, Tracy. Cool in the gang, stuff yeah. like that. Saw them in Pittsburgh a couple years ago on the field. <laughs> Phenomenal concert. Uh, how, wh what do you think would happen to let, – let, let's, let's not say the Reds. Let's pick another team. Um, what do you think would happen with the television ratings of the Boston Red Sox if you and I were broadcasting their game starting next season? Do you really think anybody knows Tracy Jones? Everybody knows Tom Brenneman. And, you, and you'll be back in the booth – I promise in the next couple of years. I don't think it would do a, a, a damn thing, Tom. I, I really don't. All right, what about I in Cincinnati? What, what about what if, oh, what if, hey. if Sadak and Barry Larkin decided, you know what, we want to go on a trip around the world together with our families, and for one year, Jones and Brenneman are in that booth. How do you think it would go? <laughs> That's different. That would be a huge success. We could do a lot better than those guys. They're too cheesy. <laughs> Everybody's a good guy. Reds are given a hundred and ten percent. We would tell it like it is, Tom. And I and I would actually turn your mic off in between commercials. Oh my god. <laughs> I I would have your back, buddy. <laughs> All right. This has gone straight in the tank again today. Um Trace, have fun with my dad today. It, and we'll check in next week together. Thank you for your okay. time. And he's going to look at my nose, see if it's broke the doctor this afternoon. And, my and dad has not seen you, you since you broke your nose, right? No. And how dare you make that comment about when I broke my nose? You said, is there any nose exercises that you can do? You think that's funny, Tom? <laughs> no, it was I a cheat. I almost died. 
Yeah, are there? Are there though? Are, are there, there any exercises? I don't know for this big nose. <laughs> All right. Tracy. Have a good week. Well, all right, buddy. You do the same. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Wow. Viewers go up when Tracy comes on. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I told him. I told him, and he didn't listen to me. I told him that if he did this show with us five days a week and was sitting up here on the set. I I think we need to get him in here. At some point, where's he live? Where where's he live at? Northern he's Kentucky. right on the river in uh, one of those. He said he cost over a million dollars. Yeah, over in Covington, in Northern Kentucky, somewhere over yeah. there. He's right there on the river. Yes. All right, we got to yes. get him up here. Yeah, big palatial estate condo. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I I don't know if him coming in here is is a good idea. The more I think about it, no, it'll be great. I, Wait, I'm not so sure. Are you on the YouTube chat because? Everyone loved that last 20 minutes. Let me yeah. see here. What are they saying? Let me see. Pat Dowd, Tracy Jones, guys, hilarious. Uh, I believe Dan agreed with his uh, concert take. Jim Lewis, he's funny. Uh, <laughs> they, he was incredible on 700 WLW. Jim Lewis, big time uh, fan of the program. Uh, and a reminder, he's on every Tuesday and Thursday, so join us for sure. Justin Fields is back. Well, they don't hit the practice field. They just got done with walkthroughs, so he should be good, right? That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's – goodness gracious. How about Tracy – I got to look it up. Did he really have a better batting average than the great Joe Morgan with the Reds? Is that, that what he said? That was the most absurd thing he ever said. <laughs> that, 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 ever? He, he, ever? He, it's ever. right up there near the top of the list. Even putting himself in the same sentence as the great, the late great. Joe Morgan, one of my favorite people that I, 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 I've ever known in my life. Joe Morgan. Legend. I mean, but, but just his – what a guy and what an incredible success story, Joe Morgan, in every facet of his life. Sports, as a player, broadcasting, should be in the broadcast wing of the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. He's already in the players' wing of the Hall of Fame. Uh, in, in the business world. Owned, I don't know how many dozens of Wendy's franchises. Uh, owned Coors distributorships all over the western part of the United States. Uh, this guy was on his game. Well, Love that guy. Joe, Joe Morgan is, he obviously, legendary player, broadcaster, but he's also the reason why the Reds have the Urban Youth Academy. He, yeah. started, he started the Urban Youth Academy for Major League Baseball, if I'm remembering that he correctly. He was part of the whole thing. Yeah. Yep, yep right from the very beginning. All right, uh, Paul Doherty's coming up next. It'll be a much uh, more tame <laughs> conversation, we hope. That's coming up around the corner. This is Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We will try to uh, bring some uh, calm and some sanity to this program after uh, Tracy Jones was with us. Uh, we're going to shift gears and talk a lot about w w what everyone's talking about. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of people talking about college football coming up this weekend. Uh, sold out Nippert Stadium will be on Saturday, Indiana coming to town. Uh, Luke Fickle said in his press conference a couple, couple days ago that last year that win at Indiana w was the game he really believed propelled his team, propelled his team into believing that it could beat anybody anywhere. And of course, shortly thereafter, they would beat uh, Notre Dame, and, and eventually end up in the college football playoff. But the Bengals are topic number one. 
uh, in the sports community in these here parts, as we like to say. And a man for years and years and years, well over 30 years, uh, the main sports columnist of Cincinnati Inquirer, and is still at it again. He's relaunched the morningline.substack.com is Paul Doherty. And uh, Doc, good morning. How's your day so far today? Uh, you're not working over at the golf course, obviously, this morning. I, I am not. I'm here. I worked yesterday in the 95-degree heat, Tom, doing, doing the best damn job ever uh, of cleaning <laughs> carts. What makes a good cart cleaner? Is there a secret uh, to it, do you, uh, the more you do it? Now, nah, you know, I'm, it's just attention to detail, Tom. I'm a very detail-oriented guy. It's making sure that every blade of grass is, is uh, washed off of every tire. You can't have grass on the tires before people even go out to the golf course. You know, it's just pride. I take a great deal of pride in, in making sure that every golf cart that I wash goes out the cleanest golf cart in the history of mankind. That is, that is a very worthy accomplishment. I, 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 I salute you for that. You better believe it. You better believe it. Uh, you, you sound a little bit like the, the late, great John Madden talking about that, the grass on the tires and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, That's right. A um, couple of topics. Um, I know you and I have talked about this whole baseball thing, and we've got more baseball to talk about. Postseason's right around the corner. There are some actually some very interesting races going on, not necessarily divisional races, but wild card races going on where multiple teams are vying uh, for a couple of spots to get into the postseason. But the Aaron Judge thing, uh, I don't know if this was on the schedule right away uh, or not, but it caught my attention this morning that now the Boston Red Sox are playing the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium, no doubt will be sold out uh, for a chance to witness history. And Fox has decided to pick this game up and put it on national television tonight. Now, maybe they had that in the works months ago, and I'm totally off base here. I doubt it, though, for a Thursday night. They haven't done that all year long. Um, what, what does it mean if he breaks Roger Maris's record in the grand scheme of things? Because Barry Bonds holds the single-season record for home runs by a Major League Baseball player. Well, I, I think that's the question of the hour. We're wrestling with, you know, what, what, is it, what does it mean? Uh, and, and a generation ago, Tom, that would be an absolutely ridiculous question. Well, what do you mean, what, it, what does it mean? You know, he's hit more home runs in one season than any – player that's ever uh, done it without being aided pharmaceutically. You know, we, we wouldn't even, that's a stupid question 20 years ago. It's a very legitimate question now, and it points to, to baseball's decline. I, I mean, when we were kids, uh, baseball's numbers, we, we knew them by heart. Uh, 56, uh, 4191, um, you, you know, Ripken's, Ripken's uh Game streak, playing game streak, game playing streak. Um, baseball's soul, heart and soul is his numbers. Uh, and here we have a guy who, who's closing in on a number that he's probably going to surpass. And we don't know what it means. We don't know how to define that. And it, that's a huge problem, I think, a, a huge problem. Some lay on, sit on the side of, well, the, the legitimate record is, is Bonds. And, oh, by the way, McGuire hit 66 one year and 64 the next and Sosa hit 64 one year, uh, and those are the numbers, not, not this number. Others, like me, say, well, 
I tend to go with the Maris number. I, I, I think the Maris number for a single season is a more legitimate number. But the ultimate point is we're, baseball is unable to attach any sort of, of uh, certifiable meaning to a very important number. I'm not hearing you. If you're speaking, I can't hear you, Tom. Okay. Let's see. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Yep. Got you. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we just lost your video, so I don't know what happened there. Okay. Maybe you hit well, a button. You can uh, hear me, that, though, right? I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, look, I, I don't know if you can feel sorry for a guy who's making, you know, 25, 30, 35 million dollars a year, whatever Aaron Judge is making. But based on everything you just said, there's a part of my heart that feels bad for him because what he's gone out and, and has accomplished and will accomplish, because he's going to break this number. Uh, he might tie it tonight. He might break it tonight. He might hit two home runs tonight uh, and go by Maris's record. But there's a part of me that feels bad for him because of the way baseball has sort of lost its identity in these numbers that you're correct. We all used to know by heart when we were growing up and now you just don't know what to believe anymore. Well, it's not dissimilar from what happened with Alex Rodriguez with, with 600. Um, pretty impressive feat to hit 600 home runs. Uh, it was an awkward day. It was an awkward when, when he hit his 600th, other than people in New York, I, I don't know that anybody was really all that impressed or talking about it. And that's because of his, his link to... to uh, performance enhancing drugs uh yeah it's it's the same thing and this is baseball i mean even football not not necessarily stat driven numbers driven like baseball doesn't worship its numbers but people can tell you that that emmett smith had eighteen thousand rushing yards people can tell you that uh kareem abdul jabbar scored thirty eight thousand points in the nba um they they, they can't have a you don't know uh, how many home runs did bonds hit uh finish with i think 755 Right, but people will tell you that 715 is the number, or 714, which was Ruth's homer total. That was the number. Uh, again, baseball is missing out because of this this whole thing with with the performance enhancers. And, and here we have a guy getting ready to to do something fairly incredible, and he might win the triple crown in the, in, in in the American League too, by the way. Uh, and, and nobody seems to take a lot of note outside of New York. All right, I want to shift gears to the Bengals. Um... 0-2 start, um, you know, Joe Burrow during his press conference is saying, hey, everybody relax, we're going to get this thing together, we're going to be fine. Yesterday, Collins doesn't practice, a starting right tackle. Uh, Zach Taylor continues to say, yeah, there's some things we didn't do well, and yeah, there's some things we did okay, but, we, you know, it's going to be all right. Um, Doc, they got to win this game, right? Yeah, there's a very there's a very fine line, Tom, between panic and urgency. I mean, they, they say they feel the the, the uh, proverbial sense of urgency this this week. Um, I not I don't necessarily buy the notion, even though it is a, a statistic that I think six teams have gone zero and three and made the playoffs like ever. Uh, every year is different. Every team is different. The AFC North shows signs of going south already. Uh, I, I believe at the moment anyway, subject to change, the 10 and 7 will get this division. But, but that said, yes, um, this week is on the coaches, in my opinion. 
I think that, uh, and I hope that they're, that they're in those dark rooms this week, scheming their little butts off, because it has shown for two weeks, without a doubt, that what they're doing is not working. They can't just line up all that great talent and win and win football games. They have to change. This is a crucial week for this coaching staff. Can they find a way to keep the heat off of Joe Burry, I, Burrow? I mean, everybody knows that's the problem. I, I think there, there are people in caves in Borneo waking up this morning saying, got to go to the short passing game. You know what I mean? It's, it's not <laughs> hard to diagnose, but it is up to the, to the coaching staff to fix it. Now, they, uh, I, I thought last week they'd try to establish Mixon first, and I, they sort of did, but it didn't work. I think they're going to try that again uh, and mix in a sort of a hurry-up kind of offense where, where at the very least Burrow's not getting hit every play, but just as important, he has a chance maybe to establish some sort of rhythm. He's a rhythm guy. Most quarterbacks are. I mm-hmm. haven't seen Joe Burrow get into much of a rhythm yet this year. He, he did once last week on the 19-play drive. Um, hurry it up. Get the, Pound the ball to Mixon. The Jets aren't very good. Their defense has given up 54 points. They only have three sacks. Uh, for the third week in a row, they, they face a uh, subpar quarterback. But I'll tell you what, if they, in, in the opening three weeks, lose to Mitchell Trubisky, Cooper Rush, and Joe Flacco, man, there won't be enough fingers in the world to start pointing at uh, Bengaldom. So, yeah, crucial win in every aspect. I want to dive in, though, Doc, on something you touched on there uh, briefly, and that is the whole dynamic. You've been inside a lot of locker rooms in football, a lot of clubhouses in baseball, teams that are expected to be really good, and now all of a sudden things start going south in a hurry. Uh, not just from a win-loss record, but because of the win-loss record. Now, all of a sudden, in football especially, you'll start seeing some splintering going on, whether it's some of the players with the coaches, whether it's the offense versus the defense. Because let's face it, I don't care if it's Trubisky and Cooper Rush. This defense has played well enough to win both of these games. And sooner or later, knowing the dynamic of a football team, it can eventually happen where the defense starts looking at the offense and saying, when are you going to start doing your thing over there? Yeah, it happens all the time everywhere. And it, there also may come a point where they start questioning the coaches. Um, when, when they may start thinking, like, like some of the rest of us, that last year was uh, kind of a magical season that doesn't happen very often and that the line between what they did last year and what they're doing now really isn't that big, you know? Um, and that's said all the time. The NFL is created to for the more perfect eight and eight, right? Everything is structured that way economically, the draft and so on. Um, and may, I, I don't know if doubt creeps in or not, but there's always that possibility. And there's the long range possibility that Burrow, if Burrow keeps getting beat up, uh, he'll have to seriously consider his options after this rookie contract. And I know the Bengals can tag him, and they would. But you don't want your quarterback thinking, I can't spend my career getting beat up like this. Um, so, yeah, the, the stuff that, that's not even on the field is, is as important in a week like this as the stuff off. They, they really need a win simply to confirm their belief in themselves. And I, I think that, especially in the coaches, if you lose the faith of the coaching staff, you start turning out, tun- tuning out your coaches, you got problems. 
I don't want to blindside you with this because you and I like to touch base on some of the topics that we're going to cover. Uh, and, and obviously you do a tremendous amount of homework getting ready for this. And, 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 but I, you have known Jason Whitlock for a long time. I'm not saying you know him well. And if you'd prefer not even to get into this, that's fine. Because I didn't want to get into it yesterday. Um, and because I, I made the comment that politically, I don't care where anybody is. I have a tremendous amount of respect for his opinions on a lot of different things in this society. I think he's extremely courageous, whether you agree with him or disagree with him. But as an African-American man in this society, for him to have some of the opinions that he has in direct contrast with many other African-American in this country, I think he's a smart guy. And I really am a fan of his. But, but, but what was your reaction, even if, you're not, even if you're familiar with it, Doc, I don't know if you are. What was your reaction to that whole thing and his comments about Joe Burrow? And again, if you don't want to talk about it, just say so, and it's no problem. Uh, first, you'll have to, you said I'm prepared, and I usually am, but I, I, I don't dwell on, on a lot of the stuff that, that Whitlock does. So you'll have to tell me what he said about Joe Burrow. Well, he just, you know, he made the comment that, that uh, Casey helped me here, that in a nutshell, he was saying that, you know, he compared him to Josh Rosen, and which was a totally unfair. Uh, he, and then he talked about being a, a guy chasing social media, when in reality, uh, you know, Burrow had only posted, I think, 10 things on Instagram over the last year and only four or five things on Twitter over the last year. Casey, just give me the nutshell. Here's the exact, here's the exact quote that he said. Joe Burrow might be a high class Josh Rosen. Burrow is a bit woke chasing social media fame. And he's certainly full of himself reevaluating my Joe Burrow position. Stay tuned. And then he initially said, if Joe Burrow were a black man, we may have been quicker to call out his BS. And then recently he actually tweeted out that Joe Burrow, let's see here. Joe Burrow is suffering from Colin Kaepernick disease. Kaepernick's disease is a deadly form of arrogance, shallowness, narcissism, and wokeness. The disease is triggered when agents, handlers, and media influencers convince young athletes their mission to be more than the athlete themselves. So, and he went on to say, he said, just he, he, he just he looked in the camera and he said, Joe Burrow, just go play football and stay away from some of these other things uh, that we see so many uh, athletes getting involved in today, social issues and so forth. So I, I, I know, but us telling you all this stuff, it's unfair to even to ask your reaction to any of that. Well, I, I would be very surprised if, uh, if Jason Whitlock has ever met Joe Burrow, let alone spoken to him. Um, I, I don't know. I think Jason Whitlock's a really good writer, and, and I know what he does and, and why he does it, and he's very good at that. Uh, on the other hand, in in his quest for for ratings, page views, what, whatever likes, um, he's saying some some things that are, that really just have no basis. In fact, the notion that he thinks Joe Burrow is is what did he say? Full of himself. I yeah. mean. Don't, don't you want a quarterback that way? I, I, I always thought that the guys who were full of themselves, the boomer assassins of the world, were pretty good quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I want my guy out there. And I think 
and I've said this forever when people get mad at me for talking politics on the morning line, just because you're in a sport or writing about a sport doesn't disqualify you from having a life, from having an opinion on other issues. I, I don't think anybody really got down on Joey Votto when, when he was supportive of Black Lives Matter. I, I, I think he's a human being. He's allowed to have opinions on things. Um, uh, the notion that, <laughs> that, uh, that Whitlock is comparing <laughs> Joe Burrow to Colin Kaepernick, um, I'm, I'm not sure what planet Whitlock lives on these days, but it's not ours. I, yeah. I, I don't think you, you can put the two in the same sentence with, with any, any credibility other than the fact that, that one used to play quarterback and got to the Super Bowl. One still plays the quarterback and is trying to get to the Super Bowl. Um, Gloria Steinem once, I think it was Gloria Steinem, once said about Oakland, there's no there there. Yeah, uh, that's kind of my take on on Jason Whitlock's opinion of Joe Burrow. There's no there there. I got you. I got. And again, I didn't mean to throw a curveball at you, Doc. No, I, no, I would, I, I, you know, I don't mean to do that. I don't like to do it. I don't like when people do it to me. Um, all right, my friend. Uh, end of the day, you think the Bengals go there and win? I'd like to say yes, but I, I and and I'm glad that we bet your house and not mine on them beating the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, right, I still right. have a place to live. I don't know where you're living. Uh, um, right across the street in this is this empty park in Hamilton, Ohio. Oh, there you go. I'll come by and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, right. drop off a loaf of bread for you. I, I think you. they win. Ooh, I, I think that, that it is sort of a must-win situation. I, I'm not sure that the fact they may or may not have Lyle Collins is all that important. I didn't know he played the last two weeks. Um, I, but I, I think the Jets aren't very good. They, they, there's no Micah Parsons there. There's no T.J. Watt. Um, the sort of pressure that, that Burrow faced the first two weeks, I, not, I'm not convinced he's going to see this week. I mean, if he does and they don't win, big trouble in River City. But I, mm. I, think, I think they get this game. I, I okay. think they may get it by 7 to 10 points. Okay. All right. Um, all right, we will uh, we will touch base, Doc, next week. Thanks so much for your time, as always, and have a great weekend. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, be good. Paul Dockerty, always awesome, getting his perspective on things. I feel bad about throwing him uh, out there about that Whitlock thing. That, that, that was not right of me, and i got to do my best not to do that again. Because um, that, that, that is a very hot-button topic uh, right now. And, 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 and look... Um, you know, I, I, you know, we posted on social media yesterday on Twitter and uh, today on Instagram, you know, and, and a tens of thousands of viewers uh, on uh, some of the comments we made on the show yesterday uh, about this thing. And, and, and Jason Whitlock himself even responded to that video, yeah. just with the word interesting, but at least he saw it. Um, and I had just urged him to please reconsider this stance about this guy uh, based on a number of other reasons. But you two tell me that, that, that either yesterday afternoon or today that he's almost doubled down on the whole thing, right? Yeah, he doubled down on his take. Um, that's, that's where the comment with the uh, Colin Kaepernick disease, which is kind of kind of rude and sensitive to even you know come up with something like that but anyways regardless it just like paul said it's kind of off basis like he deletes his social media before the season even starts yep. 
the guy's all in on football as soon as the season before the season like preseason he's all in and you're gonna judge his character based off of a couple of points that he 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 stances that he has in his politics and his beliefs i mean I, I don't know. Like some of the stuff that we even found out about it happened in press conferences. Like they're not even like stuff that he's posting. And I mean, who cares, right? Like, I mean, we're all at a point that he's in the season, he's playing, he's focused on playing. You can listen to the press conferences. He's not talking about anything else except his play, his team's play, and how they're going to get better. And honestly, I don't even know if we're having this conversation if they beat Pittsburgh or if they beat Dallas. I really don't think we do. And that is what I have an issue with, is that he is attacking him and his character based off of just how he's done the last two games. You could have talked about this when it happened, when he brought up gun control, Black Lives Matter, whatever. But now it's an issue. That's what I got a problem okay. with. All right. But Brandon, he did. Uh, we were watching some of the video before we went on the air today. He, Jason Woodlock, did say that Joe Burrow would not be the first quote unquote flash in the pan. And that's true. And, and, and he and, 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 and uh, he is accurate in that, if nothing else, where he used the examples of Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. um, who else? There's uh, another one in there. I mean, he said Colin Kaepernick. Um, which I think is that's on point as well. Um, Making the comment yeah. basically that tremendous success very quickly. Mm -hmm. Newton was a league MVP, right? right? Took his team to the Super Bowl, and then shortly thereafter, I think injuries had a lot to do. But his point was is that is that you know Burrow wouldn't be the first. And I don't think he was saying he's going to be the next in line, but he was making reference, if I understood it right and heard it right, that there are other guys that have fallen into this, have fallen into this, this quote-unquote trap of a lot of success early and then, boom, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, 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 the issue that I had with, with everything was that, and Tom, you can back this from working in sports for a long time, you meet athletes who dress a certain way for the camera or talk a certain yeah. way on social media and want the attention, want the fame. Burroughs said it multiple times. He hates the fame. He would rather just be able to play football, but that's part of the job. I, I don't believe that. You don't, I don't believe that for a second. You don't think he hates the fame? No, I don't, or else he wouldn't be going out and doing 10,000 commercials. So I don't believe that well, for he, a second. He doesn't do a ton of commercials. Dude, he, he, does. he has got like eight or nine different companies. And look, I don't fault him for it. I wish I had eight or nine companies I was doing it for. But don't tell me that you want to be some guy that nobody knows except for being a football player, and you're going out there, and every time you turn around, he's signing a new marketing deal. And again, I say God bless him. Good for him. He's but got Kroger, the, 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 motor, the Motors, um, the, the Ohio, Lordstown Motors, national stuff. Bose. I'm trying to just think off the top of my head what I've seen him on. But my, my, my point being, we've worked with athletes who have been – very flashy, want to be social media famous, are full of themselves, are terrible to work with when it comes to interviews or doing stories with them. My little bit of experience, Burrow's been fine to work with and seems like a genuine dude compared to, I'm not going to name names, but some of the other athletes I've worked with have been fake or wanted likes and, and retweets and all. that's all they care about. There's no question. There's no question. Um, that's a hundred percent accurate. And, uh, and, and look, I, 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 I made my 
statements and thoughts on Joe Burrow yesterday. Um, I, I, there's nothing that leads me to believe that he is not a straight, stand-up, good guy with a great upbringing, has been humbled in his life. He goes to Ohio State, and you can say, yeah, he's on a football scholarship. It's all true. But he's at the bench, uh, transfers, LSU, gets his chance, makes the most of it, comes to the NFL, gets hurt, deals with that adversity, comes all the way back, takes his team to a Super Bowl. You never read about him off the field with trouble in any, in any way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, look, it, it, put it this way. And I always ask myself this question as a father of a daughter, okay? At the end of the day, this is the question that, that, that I try to look at other people and I say to myself, from what little I know, and I don't know Joe Burrow, but from what I've been able to see going back to his Ohio State days, because I was around him when he was at Ohio State, following him at LSU, and now living in our city and making this his year-round home for the last three years, would I be comfortable with my daughter dating or marrying Joe Burrow? And I don't mean the part about the money and the fan. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about as the character of a man, would I feel comfortable? And the answer to that is absolutely yes. Neither one of you are dads to a daughter. No. There's no more important relationship in the world, in your life, or, or more tender or loving, and you love your son, you love your wife. Nothing matches. Some say a mother to a son. Nothing matches the love of the father to the daughter. Because a lot of dads out there know what pigs a lot of us can be. And I was right at the top of that list. And so, anyway, I digress. Do we have anybody from Cleveland coming on today? We haven't heard back from him yet. Okay. Um, so we're, we can do our yeah. picks. Yeah, we're going to start our picks today, right? When we come back from break, and then Paul Frischner has a show today with yeah, some we're, gambling we're, advice. We can get him in on that, too. Yeah, he says he's got a big show today. Big show. Big show. Got two guests coming on. Coming in or coming on? Coming on. Coming on. The, who's he got? Come, well, I'll let him, I'll let him yeah. talk about who's coming on. Okay. All right. Do you know Burrow almost went to UC? He did. did he really? Yeah. It was between LSU and UC. <laughs> oh, you mean transfer? Yeah, 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 yeah. When he went to transfer. Yeah. Obviously, Coach O with the crawfish, that was the right decision, made a difference, became one of the best quarterbacks of all time, won the Heisman. Good deal for him, but Fick tried. You know, I, 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 um, I have spent a lot of time socially with Urban Meyer. And when he was in town a couple of weeks ago, um, more than a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, uh, he invited me to come along with him and his best friend, from college uh, that he went to UC with to go down and watch the UC scrimmage, which was a week before their season opener. Uh, and we went and had breakfast together and we're hanging out there in, in Clifton. And of course, Urban went to UC and played at UC. Um, and his son is a grad assistant at UC, Urban Meyer's son, who played baseball initially mm -hmm. at the University of Cincinnati, then became a football player, great athlete, uh, Nate. So, uh, Luke Fickle had asked Urban to come down and look at his quarterbacks and just give some thoughts on, you know, w what he saw and all that kind of thing. And um, 
And the topic came up uh, among the three of us about Joe Burrow and the decision that Urban Meyer had to make between JT Barrett and Joe Burrow. Now, Burrow would come in from Athens. JT Barrett wasn't one of these five-star guys coming up from Texas. But Barrett ended up having to start his freshman year. He breaks his ankle in like the third game of the year, or, or, or in the Michigan game, forgive me. He had led him all the way through the season. Um, they had lost one game very early against Virginia Tech. They blitz through the rest, breaks his ankle against Michigan. Cardale Jones comes in. We know the story. They win the national championship. Now you're coming back the next year. You got Cardale Jones, you got JT Barrett, and you got this guy named Joe Burrow. Okay? So once Cardale sort of, you know, played himself out of that role, but, 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 but Barrett and Burrow were the guys before Cardale came along, and, and, and Urban's just like, you know, it's nothing against Burrow, but, but, but there was something about our team and the way they gravitated towards the leadership of J.T. Barrett. He said, I had to play him. He said, I had to play him. And look, if you could do it all over again, he said, I, I, I'd have still started Barrett, even though Burrow has proven to be a better player. But Barrett won a lot of games. Mm -hmm. yeah. Every year they were right in the hunt. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever uh... – when I think about Joe Burrow and his time at OSU, I don't ever blame Meyer for starting Barrett over him. Like, you can't predict that sort of thing. And when it comes to the leadership, like, Joe Burrow's been a great leader at Cincinnati. But if he saw something in Barrett where the, all the players were grabbing, gravitating towards him, you have to start him, right? Um, Burrow also had a couple yeah. injuries. Didn't he, yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. he injure his hand he going did. into that competition, too? Yep. And yep. We, we don't know, like, Joe might have learned a lot from Barrett and his leadership and then carried that over to LSU. Great point. Yeah. We don't know, you know, if, if he struggled a bit. Like, we don't really know. But I have a feeling, you know, he, he, when he had his first year at LSU, he wasn't, like, spectacular by any stretch of the – you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean – I don't blame Urban Meyer. You know for that. the you know the thing, and, and, and just having this conversation uh, it sparks another area of Joe Burrow that I think you have to admire. I was at the Ohio State Notre Dame game, and they they brought down all the former great Buckeye players. It was a week before the NFL season started, so mm -hmm. just about they they had the second most players Ohio State does on NFL rosters, second only to Alabama. Uh, among NFL teams from any university. They're, they're number two behind Alabama, just ahead of LSU. Um, and, I mean, you look down there in the field, and, I mean, whether it's, you know, Chase Young or Terry McLaurin or Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or Michael Thomas or Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, right? And I think it speaks volumes about Joe Burrow because correct me if I'm wrong, he got his undergraduate degree at Ohio State. Yep, graduated in three years, I think. Right. Uh, I, I think it speaks volume in a, in a generation where uh, it's easy to uh, leave and, um, and, and, and uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, leave a burning bush behind you, right? Right. Okay. And lay to waste everybody who may have given you a chance in the past because they didn't allow you to start 
in this case for Ohio State. But here he was and feels very good about his experience at Ohio State, mm -hmm. even though he never got a chance to start, barely ever played in any games. I, I think it speaks a lot about his character, that he wasn't burning bridges. That's what I was looking for right. on the way out. And, and that he is very comfortable in his own skin to be like, hey, I was never a star here, but I was a part of a really cool thing here. We won a national championship, even though I didn't play. Well, he loved his time, had a lot of good friends. Obviously, Sam Hubbard's one of his best friends from Cincinnati, played Ohio State with him. Then when he came to the Bengals, Sam kind of took him under his wing in Cincinnati when he got to the NFL. They were together back at that game, like you said, with a long list of Justin Fields, Michael Thomas, all those great Ohio State players that were on the sideline. He's an Ohio guy through and through, yep. and I think that's part of the reason, too, is that he really loves being from Ohio, so he never wanted to burn that bridge at Ohio State and enjoyed his time there, and it's probably a big reason his success of going through those tough years of not starting, getting hurt, trying to battle out a quarterback, not going the way he wanted to coming out of high school, but I think that's a lot of the reason why he has the character he does today. Yep, and um, I'm reminded that um, uh, by Brian, uh, as a huge Buckeye fan, uh, Haskins was just coming there too. Right. I mean, boy. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. Deciding who's going to start in that room. That's a good quarterback room. Mm -hmm. um, okay, when we come back, we are going to start to break down tonight's game in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers up on the lakefront in northern OHIO. We're back in a moment. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. A reminder, uh, we're here from 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can watch us, uh, as some of you are right now. In fact, we, we've got our largest gathering of people watching uh, at any time so far here today. I want to thank everybody um, for getting dialed in. Tell, tell your friends and, and buddies about it. Uh, if you see any of, our, any of our stuff on social media, you can follow us there. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Tom Brenneman TV. Tom Brenneman TV is in television. Uh, we're available in podcast form. So you can go to Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and just type in off the bench. Um, and we invite you to join us. And, and, and we've got a nice thing going here so far. Tomorrow, we're going to have James Rapine, uh, who covers the Bengals for Sports Illustrated does a Bengals podcast. Um, he will bring us up to speed uh, as they prepare to leave to go to New Jersey. They would fly in, I'm sure, to Newark and then uh, bus right down the road and stay somewhere out there in the Meadowlands. It's rare. I've only known a couple of teams through the years that have ever actually gone into New York City and stayed. Um, so I James Rapine, we'll have Dan Horde. Uh, lost in the shuffle in, in all this NFL talk and Aaron Judge talk is UC's game against Indiana. Sellout crowd. Going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. The weather is going to be spectacular. We're officially now a day into fall. Summer is over. Uh, and today it feels like fall. We went from 90-something yesterday to now 68 and sunny and beautiful and perfect. And it's supposed to be that way all weekend long. So a great setting for the UC game against Indiana. That's a little bit later start tomorrow, right? Is that a 3.30 kick, 4 o'clock kick? 3.30, just bought my ticket. Going to be a great day on the grid. Many Coors Lights will be had in a UC victory. You said you bought your ticket? Today, yeah. A big media type like yourself? You, you don't have somebody that's getting you free tickets? No, I don't take freebies. 
Unless it's food or beer, I'll take those freebies. I'll take the freebie. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Listen, I uh, the media pass went away. It's it's like I, I'm just like everyone else. Okay. What'd you pay for the ticket? Uh, hundred and five. You spent a hundred and five dollars for UC Indiana. The, that's the get in price. Now I did have a I had a seventy dollar credit because I don't know if you remember what happened two weeks ago. The ticketing system, like across the country for college sports, went yes. down. And so I had to buy new tickets for that Kennesaw State game while I was tailgating to get into the game because my tickets digitally would not pop up. Okay. And so then I had a credit from the from the ticket company. So I only paid really thirty bucks for it. But so they so they had it together, the ticket company. Uh, that day, no, because I had to waste and for two tickets, had to throw an additional like hundred and fifty for Kennesaw State total. But you ultimately got the money got, back. Got the credit, yes. Okay. Well, then, 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 then so they did. They, they did figured well. it out. Okay. It was frustrating trying to tailgate, get new tickets. Why aren't these coming? But yeah. they, they had an issue with people at the at the at the ticket. You know, when you give your tickets and scan them because people are like, I don't have them, but I bought them. It was a mess. Okay. But right. hey, so you're not going to the game tomorrow. I'm not. No. I will probably be. Well, the game's on Saturday. Yeah, I'm sorry, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. <laughs> I, I, yeah, Saturday. I will probably be house searching. Probably. Okay. You take your wife to a concert or your fiance to a concert. <laughs> it's a great idea. Lover boy. <laughs> <laughs> the wisdom of Tracy. We, maybe we ought yeah. to build a graphic for for every time he has an appearance. He wants some kind of music. We're not going to pay for that music. I no. Mean, for those of you unaware of how that works, you know, if you want to get like music music that everybody knows right uh it's some stupid fee uh just to have coming in and out of a commercial break or whatever it might be so we're not doing it but we'll figure something out um what's the line on these do you take your mother-in-law and father-in-law your your future (laughs) mother-in-law and father-in-law to look at houses or just you and your bride to be so we've only looked at one house and uh i won't mention the street but it was a miserable place um very disappointing I did not take my mother and father-in-law. I took my dad. He's, you know, contractor. Yep, fix-it guy, right? Yeah. So he built he, the sweet studio. Yeah, what's there? Yeah. Give, give the name of his business because he built this entire thing. So my dad's business is now called Lure Up, which has nothing to do with building anything uh, like like this. The lure, studio L-U-R-E, back. like fishing lure? Yeah, fishing lure, Lure Up. He does custom baits. Um, he does a lot of swim baits, and he builds, like, really interesting different types of lures you got to check out his channel he's got like two thousand something subscribers wow yeah he's uh he's doing well um he's He's doing a hell of a lot better than his show uh he's had a couple years put into it so it's it's we're doing we're doing good we're on the right track okay if you say so but yeah lure up am i reading it out am i reading this right you see 16 and a half point favorites against indiana at home i think that's gone up believe it or not I mean, I UC's really good. They were they. I, I don't. Know, they're pretty good. They had the the loss at Arkansas, where they very well could have won without some some tough overthrows and some play, some penalties. But I mean, is Indiana's three and zero. Yeah, is Indiana not? No, I mean they beat Illinois, Idaho, and barely squeaked by Western Kentucky last week. So yeah, I guess I, that that's I part of it. I think UC at home. Good. I, Indiana people, people that come from the Big Ten or people who haven't been to Nippert before. Think all right, it's forty-two thousand people. They don't understand, 
how it's sunk in the ground. Oh, no it's doubt. loud. It's a, it's 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 one of the best environments for a college football There's game. And I've no question. I've about been to that. LSU. I've been to Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee. Been all over the place. You have too. I think it's it's up there as probably one of the top. I don't know. 20, 25 oh, spots. I, th- to watch I, th- it. I think it's. I think it's closer to top ten, twelve. When, when they play, when they played some of those Big East games, when they were top ten in the country, and West Virginia was here, I mean, it was that place is so much fun. No doubt, no, it's only got better. Yeah, they never got a home and home out of that deal. I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure they didn't. They never got a home and home in that deal, in Notre Dame, right? No, that was a uh, one off. One off where Brian Kelly wanted to give Cincinnati an opportunity. To play Notre Dame was the quote. Okay. Well, they got a pretty good opportunity. Well, they did, but I mean, come on. I mean, you know, people don't like Kelly, but but it's big league of him to have no, it, that game. Yeah, and it just lined up when UC had their best team in program history. I mean, because those are scheduled three to ten years in advance. That's right. That's so right. yeah, that's right. Um, okay. We've talked a little bit about the Bengals. We'll talk more about them uh, in about the last twenty minutes of the show, but. Because every week, and for those of you that are just joining us for the first time, hearing about our show for the first time, uh, I've offered to put up a significant amount of money to the winner at the end of the year. We tally up all of our picks. Generally speaking, we pick about um, five college games and five, six pro games. That could swing either way. In fact, it's swinging more college games, we've decided, this coming week than pro games. But part of the criteria for the pro games, we are going to pick every game that involves an AFC North team. So naturally, every Bengals game, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Steelers and Browns play tonight in Cleveland. What is the spread on that game? I think it is four and a half by the Browns. I, I built I built a graphic earlier today, so it might oh, so be, if I pull up the graphic, I'm looking on ESPN like an idiot when I can just pull up the graphic and it's there. All right, well let's take a look at this because I want to see. Uh, we have to make a pick, and I want to make sure we have four and a half, four yep. and a half, four and a half. Okay, Browns at home, um, <coughs> matchup of the backups. Both teams one and one. Jacoby Brissett against Mitchell Trubisky. Um, no T.J. Watt. Um, I don't think the Browns have anybody missing of significance that uh, that I last heard. Lines down to four. Oh, line. So are we going to make it four or four and a half? We'll make it four. We'll make it four. All right, we'll make it four. So we'll change that. And uh, I am going to go, thank you, I am going to take the Brownies. The Browns. Giving four to the men of aluminum. The men of aluminum. <laughs> well, Casey's, Casey's yeah, getting into so, the weeds now. That half point really, yeah, that, really that changed. That half point really changes everything for me. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I'm also going with the Browns. I had initially the Steelers. I, I'm going back and forth with this. I just keep thinking about it, and I'm like, Nick Chubb is going to be pissed running the football after last week. Um, and I just think one Brissett is better than we're giving him credit for. And I really don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to do anything. Najee Harris hasn't been able to do anything. Steelers defense last year was 32nd and run defense. 
um, which is a recipe for disaster for them against the Browns. I'm going to go Browns here. Give me the Steelers. Steelers. Really? Steelers going to not just cover but win this game. Ooh. Uh, I think the Browns have a little bit of a hangover from that Jets collapse. It's prime time against the Steelers. I believe Pittsburgh's won the last two. I just think, and this is going to come back to hurt me if the Browns come out and punch him in the mouth, but I think the Browns are going to be the Browns tonight, and it is going to be a Steelers win. The Browns are who we thought they were, right. and you're going to let them get away with it. Uh, they're not going to get away with it. Because... I am very, very surprised, uh, Mr. Seho, you're going with the Steelers. I just, I... Especially how they played against the Patriots last week. Just, I know, I know. They could have won that game, though. I know the Browns are up thirteen with ninety seconds to go and lost to the Jets. The Brownies should be two and zero, though. They really should be. I mean, I mean, if any team in football is one and one right now, or zero and two, that should be two and zero. It is a landslide. The Cleveland Browns. If the Browns would have won, that would have been the first time they were two and zero to start a season in like a hundred years. Or <laughs> well, it's not that not a hundred years, I mean, but it, it was like. I, at least the last one was 50 years, right? 50, for what? The being 1-0. No, 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 it wasn't 50 years. It was, uh, I think it was like the 90s maybe. Let me look up when the last well, no, one was I, 30 years. I think years, you're probably like, right because when, when we made the comment after they won their first game of the year that it was the first time since 2004. 29 years they ago. They were 1-0. 29 years ago, the Cleveland Browns started 2-0 in 1993. That was the okay. last time. So, so 30 years ago. I just – I. As a suffering Cincinnati sports fan, I understand when you lose games you should have won and you have bad teams for years and years and years, I just don't think the Browns are at the point of not being the Browns anymore. Not yet. They will be at some point, but they're still the Browns. Do you feel the same way about the Bengals? They lost two games they should have won? Well, they've, Do you think they bounced back? I think they bounced back, yeah. But they're also, they've, they've defied the odds of Blake breaking the playoff drought of thirty year playoff win drought of thirty years, going to the Super Bowl. They're not the Bengals. They're not the Bungles anymore. Well, the Browns won the playoffs against the Steelers two or three years ago. That's right, Baker Mayfield. They didn't break the curse. Baker Mayfield. Also, I shipped him off. The Cleveland fans. I played hurt all year long the, last year. Couldn't run him out of town fast enough. The Cleveland fans also like to compare their fandom. To Cincinnati Saints, I, this is not everyone, but on Twitter I'll see that the that Cleveland has it worse. I don't know if if I'm forgetting something or they are, but I'm pretty sure LeBron won them a title. Cincinnati hasn't had a title since 1990. I agree with that, boy, and it seems like a hell of a lot longer than that. Yeah, that was a uh, that was cool growing up uh, right when the right after the Reds won the World Series, watching you know the wire to wire VHS every year growing up, going to Reds games, thinking that this is when I was like seven, eight years old, nine years old, whatever it was. Reds just got Ken Griffey Jr. UC's number one with the National Player of the Year, Kenyon Martin. I'm like, holy cow, every year is going to be this great? Hmm. Yikes. Sorry to bring the room down. We know better. We yeah. know better. As far as the Reds thing goes, I mean, look. Um, and both parties were sorry it happened and wish – shortly after it all went down, both parties wish it would have turned out differently had everybody just taken a deep breath. And those people are Lou Pinella and Mart Schott. Mm -hmm. um, Lou Pinella had this team in the hunt all three years he was a manager. 
Um, and for him to, to have, have been let go or not re-signed to a new contract, Lou would be the first to tell you he got impatient, wanted the contract the day after the season was over. Um, and, and the whole thing just did not work out well. Started the Reds on one of these. Um, anyway. All right. So uh, there are our picks. And we will have the rest of our picks tomorrow. And there are some really good NFL games this weekend. We know we're going to pick the Bengals game. And we're going to get Paul Fritchner in here in a minute to walk through some of these. We're not going to go through our picks, but we're going to hear what he thinks about tonight's game. Uh, any prop bets he might like. Uh, the over-under, I think, really low. I think it's like 38 and a half, something like that. Yeah, 38. Something. Yeah. That's a low number. Uh, really low. Um, so we'll, we'll get his thoughts on that. He's got his show coming up later today right here on Chatterbox Sports. Um, but, but in the NFL, we got the Bengals game we're going to be picking against the Jets. We have the Ravens going to New England. Very interesting game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell you another couple of interesting games we're going to be picking. You've got Green Bay at Tampa Bay. That's a really good one, too. Solid. And then you've got Buffalo at Miami. Yeah, that's that's the, the one everyone should be paying attention to. You on the Tua train yet? No. What? Definitely, How? Definitely not. I'm on the no. Waddle Tyreek Hill train. Well, I can be on that train. Yeah, I, I, that those two together are unstoppable. So far, so good. Uh, but somebody's got to throw him the ball, and Tua has, has done that. He really did it in the fourth quarter last week. That was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. I was um, watching the Browns game at a Browns bar with the Ravens game on the other TV and watching them lose the way they did simultaneously. Pretty fun. The Bengals game happened, and that wasn't fun. Nah, that sucks. And then you have, in the collegiate front, uh, we got UC Indiana. We have uh, Ohio State. Big, big game. Saturday night in Columbus, primetime ABC against Wisconsin. Big Ten matchup. Season opener of the Big Ten for both. You got Florida and Tennessee. I think it's great to see Tennessee back competing again. Uh, we're going to find out a lot about Tennessee here in the not-too-distant future. Right. Because right. yeah. you know, they're going to have to play Florida. They're going to have to play Georgia. They're going to have to play Kentucky uh, in the eastern part of that SEC. Uh, and then you have what other games do we decide? We have oh Texas A and M is hosting number ten Arkansas. You say Clemson Wake Forest. Clemson yep. Wake Forest, another another very good. So there are a lot of good games this weekend in, in the college front and uh, in the pro game. All right, when we come back, we're going to get Paul in here to talk about uh, some of these games. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. We had to do some reshuffling here in the studio. <laughs> Instead of just one chair up here, we bring in our main man, Paul Fritchner. How are you, young man? I'm doing great, Tom. Can you hear me? Can you hear me okay? I, Casey, there we go. Now I got you. Okay. How Tom, you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. So to tell everybody about your show, when it runs, sure. and what it's all about, because you just cranked it up for the first time last week yeah so the thursday shows are our real big shows of the week especially before college basketball season starts we preview the weekend we do everything like that mondays and thursdays though is the show 
2 p.m. right here on the same channel. If you're watching it here on the Chatterbox Sports YouTube channel, you can just stay on at 2 o'clock. We'll go live. You're also going to be able to find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you can subscribe to Tom's show on podcasts. You can subscribe to Not Too Picky as well. But yeah, Mondays and Thursdays, the Thursdays show are loaded with weekend content, picking every area game as well as national games. And then the Monday shows, we recap that. We talk about, we, we mix in some FC Cincinnati content. We miss all that okay. in our shows. By the way, FC Cincinnati's going to the playoffs. Is that right? Yeah, FC Cincinnati. You talk about a team, Tom, that last year... Terrible. They were awful. I said it last week on my show. They they found ways to lose matches in unbelievable... Fa I mean, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory yes. better than any sports team I have ever, ever seen. It was unbelievable how FC Cincinnati lost matches last year. And if you haven't been following how they've done this season, if you just wrote them off coming into the season because you thought, oh, they were so bad, how they turned it around, they're in prime position for a playoff spot. They played an international friendly last night, so they haven't been playing MLS uh, matches. They'll play, pick that up again next week. But, yeah, they're in prime position for a playoff spot. That'd so be great. You'll keep us about up that. to speed on that. All right, now listen. I, I, the only time you came on our show, yes, you – had the, uh, I think the prediction of, of the weekend for the opening weekend of the NFL when I think your word was sprinkle, sprinkle Tom, a little bit sprinkle. on the money line, right? Yes. For the New York football Giants. No, it was Kentucky. It was Kentucky it was over Kentucky. Florida. I thought it was a Giants. It's Kentucky over Florida. Kentucky over yes. Florida. I'll take credit for the Giants pick, though, if you, you want did, to give it to me. I thought me. you did say the Giants. Yeah, you know, I should have just rolled with it. Okay. Giants. I had the Giants, too, Tom. You did. <laughs> All right, I want to ask you about some bets tonight. We okay. just did our picks. Okay. And I know you're going to be doing this on your show later. Absolutely. But I'm just curious. Okay. Um, Casey and I took the Browns giving four. That's the most recent updated line on tonight's game. Yep. Browns at home giving four to the Steelers. Your thoughts on that? Brandon went with the Steelers. Uh, Tom, I think you and Casey are very smart gamblers uh on that pick brandon I, I don't know i i'm we'll talk tonight at midnight we will talk tonight at midnight we'll also be talking at two o'clock on my show about how the browns minus four is a uh, smart bet for tonight's game that's what i'm going to be taking the other thing right. that i'm looking at for tonight's game uh in the last three years it's not a big sample size but in the last three years the under is seven and zero in games where the total is less than 39 points and right now tonight i think it's somewhere like 30 and, and a half so that's you're, some you're saying and if i heard you right you're saying with the if the over under yes. is 39 is 38 and a half or less or less that 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 if you bet the under you're seven and oh in the last three seasons yes so no basically kidding. vegas is saying that if you if you have that low total, they try to bait you into taking that over because oh, thirty eight and a half points in yeah. the National Football League. How right. could that twenty one to twenty one to seventeen though? Right. That doesn't get you there if it's right. thirty eight and a half. Right. So that's something yeah. to look out for. It's not a big sample size, only seven times in three years. But if you're a trends better, that's something to look at. All right, I'm going to ask you the Bengals this weekend. Okay. Last I saw, that was minus five, Cincinnati a favorite. Is yeah. that roughly where that is? It, and your thoughts on that, if any? Yeah, it opened up, uh, I think, Bengals somewhere in the four or four and a half range. It's moved toward the Bengals at five. I know Casey said on our show on Monday that he is betting against the Bengals until they prove him differently. I tend to, to sway the other way here. Um, I 
I I don't know if the first two weeks is a big enough sample size. Well, no, no. I'm, let's let's back it up. It's not. It's just not a big enough sample size for me to write off the Bengals. Um, and this is a major. This is a major test for the Bengals. Not necessarily in skill as far as the the Jets are concerned. I know the Bengals lost to the Jets last year. This is a big test for the Bengals to say, okay, are they going to get things back on track? Are they going to right the ship? Or are they not? Are are these just not the Bengals that we were expecting coming into this season? And I think this is a big opportunity on the road in New York against a Jets team that just beat an AFC North opponent. Granted, they were down by two scores yep. less than two minutes ago. Probably shouldn't have won that game. Well, first time in 21 years. Yeah, I mean, the Jets had no business winning that game. And they did. Credit to Joe Flacco for what he did yep. uh, in, in the last two minutes of that game. But a lot of things had to go right for the Jets to win that game as it had to go right for them last year when they beat the Bengals in that game, too, if you remember that. So all of that is to say I'm going to try my luck with the Bengals one more time this week. Giving five. G yes. A, under under a touchdown, uh, the Bengals were touchdown plus favorites uh, right in that seven and eight range in the first two weeks. I think it under a touchdown in that four and a half to five range – I think the Bengals can get it done by, by six or seven this okay. weekend in New York. All right. Um, I have not looked at any of the lines for some of these other games, and I don't want to step all over your show by asking you some of this stuff on our show before your show. Oh, comes no. Come here. on, Tom. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Right? Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to type in here um, about betting lines, okay? Okay. So I want to know um, about a couple of games that we are going to be picking tomorrow. Okay. College um, games? What Pro are the cats? Pro games, Pro oh, games okay. that we're okay. going to be picking. Okay. okay. So, a couple of really interesting games here, right? Okay. You've got you've got oh, Buffalo, Miami. Yes. Buffalo as a road team going to Miami is giving the hometown <laughs> Dolphins six points. Yeah. It's going to be tough to bet against the Bills after everything that they, I think of their last. I think they've won 25 games in a row. Uh, they haven't won 25 games in a row. Of the 25 games that they have won, their last 25 games that they have won, yes. they've won by double digits. Yes. So if you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, you're down in Miami, a place that the Miami Dolphins have played well at home. Yep. In, in recently, look at, they always play well against the Patriots. They, you know, they can play well against the uh, against their division at home. The Bills under a touchdown under a touchdown favorite at Miami. It, it's tough for me to bet against the Bills, but boy, oh boy, Tom Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill together on the same team. Which I heard you a few minutes ago talking about Tua. You are not a Tua guy. I am a Tua guy. Okay, I really believe in All what right. Tua can do, if only because of that receiving core that he has. I really like what Mike McDaniel is doing. I. He's a quirky guy. He's a no doubt. He's a he's kind of a quirky, fun, yep. different, unique yep. guy. I'm buying what the Dolphins are selling. So you're me here. telling me you think they're covering? I don't. Is even, that what you're saying? Yay or nay? I don't even hate the Dolphins to win this game. You would consider a sprinkling I money would, line. I on think the Dolphins? If, I think if there is a value, if there is a value bet on the money line. This weekend in the NFL at plus 200, the Dolphins at home with that receiving core. It's going to be a high-scoring game. The total is at 52 and a half. 
I don't hate it. Sometimes you, you put in a bet on the money line and you just think to yourself, okay, maybe there's some value there. I don't know if it's going to hit. I, I, don't, I don't think you're an idiot if you take the Dolphins on the money line. I know the Bills are a juggernaut, and some people listening are just shaking your heads right no now, question. but I don't hate it. We, we have... I'm an idiot for taking the Steelers because you said it wasn't a smart bet. Uh, I I I am way more confident. Here, here's what I'll say: I am way more confident in the Browns minus four than I am in the Dolphins to win this game. All right, but you didn't answer the question if I'm an idiot. Uh, I I don't want to be mean to you, Brandon. All right, you've made smarter picks before though yeah well i i do yeah, it's too nice <laughs> I, of a way I, to say it Paul. i do you're gonna come on hey, the show you gotta just call it like it is i do all right? i do lead the standings i don't know if anyone you do lead the standings team. that's what i'm saying you've made smarter picks before and so i have a question for you okay am, casey am i making the right decision by picking the browns like am Wait, i am, he, I, he am said, I, a, I so you think i'm smart right yes i well, think you're very smart. literally seconds before making that pick i had him switch it from browns and that's Steelers why you get, you two well, are going to lose and the and pick, and I'm going to win it. Absolutely, absolutely. What is the mentality? Has there ever been a study involved? You're being too picky because anybody who gambles on sports, okay? Yeah, they'll look at something. Case in point, Exhibit A is Casey, right? And, okay. and, and everybody who who who's involved in some kind of gambling, you, you do football. this where your initial gut says "bam," right? And then all of a sudden, you you start getting bogged down and. You're thinking about it, and oh, you know, the line changed a half a point, and, all this kind of, and then all of a sudden you shift. Are there any studies about that at, at all, or maybe that's something you just can't qualify or quantify of the gut and then the change of the gut? Well, I think if you look at how the line moves through the week and you think to yourself, what is Vegas trying to bait you into doing? And that goes back to what I was just talking about with the over-under at less than 39 points. You look at a, a spread that's 38 and a half points yeah. in the NFL. How in the world does that not hit? But we talk about this a lot where, you know, Trace Fowler talks about this a lot. And we all sit around when we're looking at picks and we think, okay, what does Vegas want you to do? What When they throw that fishing lure out when Casey's dad puts a bet on the end of that lure fishing up. lure and he throws it out there and he tries to reel you in with some kind of a bet on the end of that line and he says to himself okay how we always say in gambling the house always wins well why does the house always win Tom it's because as the general public without a system without some sort of data to back it up if you just go with your gut you're never going to win in the long okay. haul. You're never going to win in the long haul just going with your gut. But if you have a system, if you have something that you consistently do in the long haul, you there are ways to beat the system. Good gamblers win at 50 the best gamblers win at 55 to 56%. Think about that. The best gamblers in sports gambling, the best ones, the people, the professionals that can move the line. We, we heard on our show on on Monday, I had Simon Hunter on from the uh uh, from the Action Network, and he was talking about how a million dollars from the public, just you, me, anybody betting, the public could bet a million dollars and move the line a half a point. But a sharp better walks into a casino with 10 grand, 20 grand, and puts a bet down. That could also move the line a half a point. It's just knowing your trends and knowing what to look out for. The more you do it, the more you learn the better you're going to be. But to go all the way back to your point about, you know, just the gut feeling and, and what whether that pays off in gambling, I, I don't think that just the gut feeling, you have to have something 
there to back it up. But sometimes you just look at a line and you say, what's fishy about this? Mm -hmm. Why is 38 and a half? Yep. Why are they setting this this low? Why Why does this, that, this, that's the one thing. Why does this make so much sense? And does it make too much sense? Yeah. Uh, for good gamblers, the best gamblers, what was their percentage of winning? The their in the long haul, over thousands of picks, Brandon. Over thousands of picks, the best gamblers win at about fifty six percent. All right, I'm at sixty two and a half percent to start. Well, that's so. very good. Yeah, it won't last. So, <laughs> all right, Tom, oh, what's, what's your Tom? You're at like ten percent. You're like oh, there out every weekend. Tom's at like ten percent. Oh, right? All right, the last one I want to ask you about okay. is because right. I think this is another really interesting game. We're going to be picking this game. Okay. Last one I want to ask you about. The Ravens are giving New England two and a half. Yeah. And Baltimore is a road team giving mm. two and a half to the Patriots. Both teams, one and one. Ravens should be two and oh. Under a field goal, I like the Ravens here. Under a field goal, I like the Ravens to cover on the road. I'm not. I, I know it's Bill Belichick, but sometimes there's only so much you can do. I, I'm just I'm selling the Patriots. I, I don't I think that this is a Patriots team that finally you're sort of seeing the Patriots come back down to earth. We we've seen that already to a certain extent, but I think the Patriots are starting to come back down to earth. The Ravens had the disaster of the century this past week. Maybe you say is there a little bit of a hangover there? I just don't think so. I don't I don't really buy into that. Yeah. At the at the professional level. Yeah. I definitely buy into the hangover at the collegiate level. I think that there's a big difference there between uh, a week-to-week -week hangover at at the NCAA well, level. Well, you're talking about 18 to yeah, 22 exactly. year old young man versus you know 20 professionals. To, yeah, making millions of yeah, dollars. Right. right, right. Um, but yeah, Tom, I I think at under a field goal at two and a half, um, I would take the Ravens there as road favorites. Okay. All right. Well, your show is coming up at 2 o'clock today. Indeed. Right. Great, great show today. If anybody's a gambler and knows John Highslip uh, from Odds Checker, he's the guest today. Uh, he's a, a great guy, great Twitter follow. He'll be on. Um, loaded show. I think we have like 20-some picks we're making. Reed will be on too. So a lot of fun today, 2 o'clock. And uh, gambling right here in the Buckeye seat becomes sports gambling. Yeah. Becomes legal on midnight New Year's Eve. And I understand they are already planning like the party to end all parties at the um, Hard Rock. Oh, it, for midnight? Yes. So it's like one of those things where you kiss your date and then you just have the phone like back around. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. It's like you're, you're kind of like looking over your shoulder for the line. There are degenerates okay. out there and you, I'm not going to accuse you of being one, but mm. you know a lot that will walk to the window to make the bet before kissing their date. Oh, absolutely. I think the, there will be a line. There will be a they line. They got all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, I just hear our good friend Jackie Rao over Game Day Productions. I just hear that, uh, I hear that they are planning the party to end all parties. Uh, not, not just because it's New Year's Eve. That's part of it. Uh, but that, that will usher in a brand new age of sports gambling here in the Buckeye State. You'll be able to bet at like Kroger getting groceries, right? Yes. It's up to a certain amount of money. Up to a certain amount of money. Each kiosk will be able to take a certain <laughs> amount incredible. of money from individuals. I think it's six or seven hundred dollars. All the teams already have their own betting partners. Yep. Right? And there will be sports books sports books in the stadiums. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Paul, good luck today, brother. Hey, thanks Tom, for coming in. Great as always. Absolutely. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. So uh, we'll take a break, and I understand we have a multi-award-winning rendition outside of me doing the gritty of uh, our Cherry on Top segment. Can't wait. All right. That's Great. coming up next. Stick around. Great to have JakeSweeney.com as part of the program. We had a nice time out there going over to visit their place. We did. What a great setup that is. Uh, we really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun, and we're, we're glad they're on board. Penn Station. Um, but this thing's growing. Love to have you be a part of it. If you own a company, part of a company, marketing director for a company, Chatterbox, we got a lot going on here. Just heard from Paul and his show. Um, you have your show starting up in November. Yep, the mental game. The mental game, um, where you went down and talked to what Jake Fraley yesterday, right? I had Jake Fr- Jake Fraley on yesterday in the Reds dugout. Great guy. Went through some mental health struggles when he got hurt. Was on the IL this year, and he, you know we'll, we'll save a lot of it for when that comes out in November. But he he talked about even quitting baseball, and not wanting to come back when he realized he was just going to keep getting hurt this year. And he was out. He he hurt his toe, which which put him out for a couple months. Running to first in his final game of his rehab assignment after being on the ten day earlier this year. Mm. I mean that that's the stuff that that happens all the time. Yep. and puts guys back months, and that really affected him. So yeah, great conversation with him. Bengals defensive end Sam Hubbard. Just a couple of the guys we're going to have on uh, to start the show November one. Good. Good. Look forward to that. And, of course, we have our high school football, our game day coverage. Yep. There's all kinds of stuff going on here at Chatterbox Sports. We would love to have you and your company uh, involved with us here at Chatterbox, right in the heart of Hamilton OHIO. All right, fellas. Our title sponsor is United Dairy Farmers. Now, before we go to this, uh, this is our cherry on top segment. Uh, Brandon, could you please uh, tee this up for all of us? Mike Gundy. Oklahoma State head coach. Mullet. Mullet man. The mullet man. This is before the mullet. 15 years ago today was the I'm a man, I'm 40 quote in the press conference when a writer came after a kid and he brought the clipping. I sound old now. Brought the newspaper, held it up at the press conference and went at the writer and told everyone across the country to not go after a kid like this. And that's where the famous quote, I'm a man, I'm 40, was born 15 years ago today. Let's hear it. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Or our coaches. That's all I got to say. Makes me want to puke. Now that's a big time press conference. That was great. It was. You know, when you see a clip like that, now, if I remember right, Gundy was an Oklahoma State quarterback, right? I That's think his so, alma yeah. mater? Yeah. I tell you, you talk about a guy who's done a great job. And you see fans are going to get to know him a lot better when they join the Big 12. Right. I, I think the argument can be made that by the time UC joins the Big 12 and you've got Oklahoma and Texas out of there, the, look, there are a lot of good teams in the Big 12. But – Oklahoma State and uh, Baylor are going to be the two powerhouse teams sure. in that league. 
Right. I mean, TCU, I think, is building back up. They had a great run under Gary Patterson. Texas Tech. They got Sonny Dykes. Texas Tech's had some nice teams. Um, and there are some others in there. Kansas State has had some really good teams through the years, especially under Bill Snyder. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, Oklahoma State, that guy Gundy has done a great job. What are they ranked? Like seventh or eighth right now? Something like that? Yeah, I got to yeah, look. They have, yeah, a, they have a really good quarterback, right? Yeah. Really, I mean, he, really you know, he knows offense. what he's doing, this guy. And, and, and I love his fire and his passion. And They're number they're, nine right now. Number nine. Undefeated. Yep. And yeah. that place looks like a fun stadium to go see a game. No doubt. Well, that's all that T. Boone Pickens dough. Uh, he, he's thrown, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, billions of dollars into that program. And um, the late T. Boone Pickens. And, um, yeah, they, we'll see how it all plays out. But if they were to get through the season undefeated, and I think they play the last game of the year every year against Oklahoma, right? Second so to last this year. West, second to last. West Virginia will be the final okay, game. So it's conceivable both of them could be undefeated by the time that game comes around. And if that happens – you're talking about two of the top five teams probably by that point in mm -hmm. the country. Because yep. the people in front of them are going to lose between yep. now and that. Yeah. Interesting. And, okay. and Oklahoma and Texas, people think it's going to happen, but they could still be in the Big 12 for at least one year yeah. with UC mm -hmm. and, and the other teams joining, which would be pretty fun. Would be pretty fun. And, I, and I've heard, I think you and I talked about this, Brandon, at that UC scrimmage, uh, is that uh, I, I think the, the people at the Big 12 are already laying in the weeds to make sure that teams like Texas and uh, Oklahoma have to come to Cincinnati yeah. the first year out of the gate. That would be – can you imagine – now Oklahoma played – actually, we were talking about this off the air, UC home and homes. Or we'll be talking about on the air with Notre Dame. UC had a home and home with Oklahoma back in 2007 – in 2010, that or 2008 and 2010, 2008, UC goes down to um, Oklahoma, plays a close game. Marty Heward has like 365 all-purpose yards. Come back here in 2010, Oklahoma's eight in the country. They played it at Paul Brown Stadium because it was before Nippert Stadium's renovations. UC and Butch Jones almost beat them. DJ Woods fumbles the ball at the I goal line, that. and that pretty much is what that and UC had a couple good defensive stands, but it was they had 60,000 down there. And it was a fun environment. Yeah. I, I, I'm against UC playing home games now outside of Nippers. No doubt. Since they redid it, that environment's a lot of fun. But the game last week was Miami's home game. Right, yeah. That was part of the deal to keep that rivalry going for the victory belt, yeah. which UC's won 16 straight now. Yeah. But, yeah, no, they've had, they've had some good games with Oklahoma in the past. All right, gentlemen. Uh, great stuff today. Thank you. Casey McAllister and Brandon Seho, our producers. Our executive producer is Mr. Trace Fowler. We thank all of our sponsors. We thank all of you. Our show continues to grow. Please tell people you know about it. Just check it out. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. That's okay. But just check it out and give us a chance. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.